listening to Miller and Moulton, exclusively on the Florida Sports Network. And now, here's Mark Miller and David Moulton. Top of the morning to you on this Thursday. Hope your week is going well. Thanks so much for being with us as we ask the question, How the heck are you? Miller and Moulton here on the Florida Sports Network. FloridaSportsNetwork.com. Thanks so much for being with us. A lot to kick around on this day. We'll talk a little football next hour. Ian Cummings from Pro Football Network. Ron Syrak in a couple hours. Tiger teeing it up later today. There you go. The Netflix documentary dropped yesterday. I know some people that binged watched it. All fired up. How are you this morning? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Fired up about uh, the day. Fired up about Tiger playing, believe it or not. that's We haven't had it in a long time. I don't know how many more times we're going to get that he actually plays. It is sad that we have to say that, but you know we've been saying it about a few of our legends. We said it for the last two, three years about Federer and Serena. And yeah, I mean, that's just reality. I mean, when Tiger is saying it, and I... We both acknowledge there's a little bit of a sandbagger in Tiger, but, you know, he said that my legs are going to determine how much I can play. So I will say, though, him teeing it up this week, don't you then say, well, he's at least going to play the players, right? I I don't know. What I would like to see is four rounds and have Tiger finish on Sunday, T28, saying, you know what? I didn't play very well, but I feel great. I feel like I can play again in two weeks. That that You and I have said this now for a couple of years. It's can he play, can he finish four rounds, and walk off feeling reasonably healthy. So I don't – I can't anymore look at when's he going to play next until I hear what he says on Sunday after playing for four days because too many times Tigers played and has said, well, I, I can't do this. Well, and also, let's be honest, last year you could see the physical deterioration from round to round. You know, you saw it at the Masters, not an easy course to walk, but you saw the physical deterioration. I mean, by the weekend, I mean, he looked like a a senior out there walking and needing at times to walk with a club in his hand to just kind of brace himself with the club at certain parts of the course. Um, you know, the PGA, he, after three rounds, you know, couldn't finish, you know, no need to finish. I barely broke 80 in the third round. and was like, yeah, I physically, I'm a, I'm a mess. And, um, you know, fortunately the, the British open is not rough terrain and the weather was calm, but you know, his golf was not very good. So who knows what we're going to get? I mean, you know, it's funny, Mark, we used to watch him because, we were pretty sure we were going to get excellence. And now we're watching him because (laughs) we have no idea. That's it. You're right. And I mean, in a way it's exciting. (laughs) I mean, I, I almost feel like it's putting a young quarterback into the game in which you're like, well, you know, I know the kid's got talent. I saw him in college, but uh, I don't know. Let's see what happens. This could be two TDs. It could be three picks. I don't know. Or maybe all he does is throw checkdowns and, you know, just 
Get them out of here. And the problem is it could be both. There could be bits of greatness and bits of ugliness all wrapped in one. But we shall see as Tiger tees it up at Riviera today in the Genesis Invitational. So you got that going on. Daytona, they determined the front row yesterday. They're going to fill out uh, the field. There's only two spots left. There's four drivers for two spots. and But they're going to determine the order with the Twin 150s uh, tonight. FS1 for those inclined to watch beginning at 7 o'clock. So I think it's supposed to be – I think they're getting lucky weather-wise. I, you know, I, I don't think there's rain in the forecast for any of the racing that's going on, you know. I know I'm about 80, 90 miles to the north. There's there's talk of maybe a you know a spritz on a cool Saturday, but that's that's about it. And who doesn't want a spritz on a cool Saturday? <laughs> uh, well, we are a little spoiled in this state. It's like, hey, what what do you mean cool? Come on now, it's mid February. Pitchers and catchers have reported. We're done with the cool. Our winter's over. Okay, or, or who did not get the memo? So hopefully we can continue to grit our teeth and tough it out through a day in which the highs are in the 60s. Don't talk like that down here. That's you stay up north in the south where you are, and we'll stay here in South Florida Florida. where those kind of temperatures aren't allowed. Well, you know, when we were both living in the 239, we always joked that south of I-4 was Florida and north of I-4 was South Georgia, you know, based on weather and and other things. And so I I can tell you that weather-wise, it is true. It is very different checking your temperature and checking my temperature every every day. It can be 17 degrees different. I love that you still remind the wife on a near-daily basis when the temperatures are. I, I, I love that you have taken this on. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, the move here has worked out great. There's a lot of things in which our our life is better than it was our last year in Southwest Florida, but not the weather. Not the weather. Uh Uh-uh. And when you think about it, what's the number one reason you moved to Florida? The weather. Uh, So, you know, just every morning I go, hey, just to let you know, 14 degrees warmer. That's all. Good morning. Make sure you go out on Lanai and feel that brisk breeze. Yep, that's what you wanted. Yep, that's what we paid for. Uh-huh. Yep, I'm just going to stare at my phone where it says Fort Myers, 81. That's okay. That's all right. But folks in Lake City are like, yeah, I know. Got friends in Tampa, St. Pete. It's like 10 degrees warmer all the time. Damn, same highway. Connects us both. Oh, Miller and Moulton, the Florida Sports Network, floridasportsnetwork.com. Mark, I'm just excited that somebody's accepted the Tampa Bay Buccaneers offensive coordinator position. Well, they only <laughs> interviewed 12 people. <laughs> Either Todd Bowles is the pickiest dater, or everybody took a look around at the roster and the cap and what have you and said, no, I'm good. Besides, I don't know how long you're going to be there. I'm good. If you were being interviewed, your gut feeling, honestly, how long do you think you got? You think you got two? You think you'll get two years? Do you think they will give Todd Bowles 23 and 24 to 
get back to being, even though, yes, they won the division last year, but we all know they were below 500 and one of the four worst division winners in the history of the league since the merger. That is, and, and David, that's a great question because I really never thought about that. As you're accepting the job to be the OC in Tampa, how many years do you think you have? And I think the person with the job has to believe that they've got a minimum of two. There's no way that they think they're one and done, but it's, I mean, there were people that wanted Bulls fired after he won the division this year. Yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, Roy Cummings, who covers the Bucks, is like, listen, I think he's a great defensive coordinator. I do not think he's a good head coach. He just flat out has said it. Said it midway through the season and has said it continuously through. So, well, and we don't know that Munkin, we know Munkin was interviewed. But, you know, Munkin goes to Baltimore. And even though John Harbaugh has been there, what, 15 years? I mean, he started in 08. So last year was his 15th year. I mean, that's second, right, to Belichick in terms of continuous years? Because Andy Reid's done, what, 10 in KC? I think last year was his 10th, maybe 11th. So you got Belichick in New England, and then you got Harbaugh. But 15 years, and, you know, they have finished rough the last couple of years. And remember, they fired Brian Billick out of nowhere. I mean, one off year, it was really down, and they did lose to the winless Dolphins late in the season. But boom, they just out of nowhere fired Billick. And now a 15-year run. You're Todd Munkin. You're sitting around thinking, hmm, Baltimore or Tampa? Who's going to have a longer run? Got to bet on Baltimore. And they told, you know, rumors out that they told the offensive coordinators, you can't guarantee on having Lamar if you take this job. Oh, really? Ah. <laughs> uh. So you're walking into that job not knowing what the long-term quarterback room is, and it's still a better job than taking the Tampa Bay Bucks job, David. I will say, when the season started and midway through the season, it sure looked like Lamar had hand, right? The old Seinfeld line, you know, that Lamar had hand. Right now, who do you think has hand? I still think it's Lamar. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I mean, can he really not play if they tag him? I mean, that's the only way you can protest the franchise tag is to not show up. You don't get paid, by the way. And you don't get tenure. I mean, what are you going to do, sit home? You want to lose, by the way, your teammates and a fan base sit home. And, by the way, it doesn't work. It's not been proven. I mean, Le'Veon Bell was never the same player after he sat out. We don't know if Deshaun, after sitting on all this time, is going to be able to play. We don't. But, I mean, he has not been able to finish the last two years. Right. He's missed the last six weeks of the last two seasons. I mean, you kind of don't blame Baltimore, do you? If they're like, you know, come on, Lamar. I mean, we haven't been able to count on you. You say what you want. Yeah, you're better when you're on the field. So, I, 
I think the Ravens are just going to tag him. I'll bet you the Ravens do this. They just look at him and say, here's the deal. You give us a healthy season, we'll give you what you want. But for 2023, you're playing on the tag. Poor guy. That's going to be like $46 million he's going to have to play for next year. <laughs> I think it's a little less. <laughs> but I know the first digit's at least a three. Because <laughs> AR's contract comes in next year, so that should help jump the total QB number. So it will, but uh, your high threes, low fours in that one. We've got a good show lined up today. Ian Cummings, we'll start previewing the NFL draft. It's never too early to talk to draft. Ron Syrak to talk some golf. And in the bonus hour, FGCU women's basketball coach Carl Semesco. All ahead on Miller and Moulton right here on the Florida Sports Network. Welcome back to Miller and Moulton, only on the Florida Sports Network. It's past the hour, top of the morning, Miller and Moulton, Florida Sports Network, floridasportsnetwork.com. Thanks so much for being with us. Ian Cummings from Pro Football Network to join us in a little more than an hour. We'll talk golf with Ron Syrak. Tiger teeing it up today. He'll join us in the 8 o'clock hour. And for those who listen or download the bonus hour, Carl Semesco, the nationally ranked FGCU women's basketball team, to join us then as well. Hey, do you think Bucks fans could handle what Seattle did last year? Now, remember, it worked, but most of us didn't think it would. Like if Jason Light... Todd Bowles say, listen, you know, we're in transition at the quarterback position. We don't know if what we have in-house is good enough, but that's that's what we're going to do. You know, we may sign a guy, we may draft a guy, but we're going to do some combination of, uh, you know, Gabbard or Trask, which, you know, Seattle did Geno Smith. I mean, isn't Gabbard Geno Smith? Absolutely. And Gabbard, and I think know. it might not be a choice for the Bucks fan, David, because we've talked about where they are cap-wise, that there's got to be at some point a bit of a catch-up year with all the money they've pushed down the road. It's a roster that at the end of the day wasn't that good. I mean, that, that's the conclusion that you obviously draw from what last year was. It was banged up, but what was there might not have been good enough. So I think they need a transition year. I don't know whether or not the fans can handle it, but I don't know if they're going to have much of a choice, David. Well, I, you know, they can choose by basically indicating, and you know, Mark, having worked in front offices on the business side besides the sports side, in which, you know, you get to tell pretty early, uh, how are renewals looking? Not good, boss. You know, not good, you know. We sent out our emails and we got such and such a response and we've been working the phones and sending out more emails and, you know, people are basically, they're holding on to their money when it comes to us. Kind of, you know, no TB12, no deposits. And I don't know if that influences business on the field, if you know what I mean. But think about what Seattle did. 
And obviously, they traded Russ. Tom retires. So, you know, losing your star quarterback via different ways. But Seattle promoted the veteran backup, who had been a starter early in his career, had a little bit of success. Not the type, you know, I mean, Gabbert, you know, had, I don't know, a little more success, right? Yes, no, I, I don't know. Probably the same. And so, you know, spent a couple years as the backup, knows the system, the whole deal. The funny thing here is we're going to have a new coordinator, new system. But he's the guy who worked with Geno Smith in Seattle. He's the quarterback coach. Likes to run the football, apparently. Okay. Something else that Tampa doesn't no clue how to do. But apparently they're going to transition. Remember, what was part of the transition in Seattle? Russ wanted to let Russ cook. Pete said, nah, I've seen your cooking. We're going to cook the meals my way. Sorry, more meat on the dish. Less sides. And I don't even think it's going to be a Gabbert thing. He's unrestricted anyhow. I don't think Gabbert's back. I think it's Kyle Trask. I mean, I think that... I think the direction that they're going to head is the Kyle Trask direction, and maybe you're right. They're going to sign one of these names that you've heard of and don't want on your team as a quarterback, as a backup. Now, Seattle had some advantages. You know, Seattle got all those Denver picks to go with their picks, and so, you know, they dread two rookie tackles that they threw in, started, and they both stayed healthy, and they both played pretty well. You know, is if you're Tampa, by the way, and you're going to go Kyle Trask, let's just say, do you keep Donovan Smith for one more year at left tackle? Or do you actually say, no, man, if we're cleaning this mess up, we're cleaning this mess up. He gone. Yeah, he he needs to be gone. I don't know if he can play anymore. I don't know that he can either, but he, he clearly is better than anything else you have right now, or else he wouldn't have been playing at the end of last year. You know, and that... That's going to save you like between 11 and 14 on the cap. You know, I don't know that Fournette's back. You know, that'll save you. You know, when we just keep, you know, first we got to save 50 million just to be able to do business. And then, you know, we go forward. But I, I'm, do you think Bucks fan could handle a, major retool how about that in which it could not work and wow you guys could be drafted in the top five not to be snarky but there's no other way to put it what fan base is better at handling negative play than the tampa bay buccaneers it's what they've been built on their fan base is used to it but isn't that the danger though i mean you know we know four and five years ago, getting a Bucks ticket was easy. Interest level in the Bucks, yeah, people and you know the Tampa St. Pete area they still watched, but there were fifteen twenty thousand empty seats at those games. And, and I imagine that's what it looks like low. this year. Yeah, I think so too. But you know, you know me. If I think my team can sniff it, I'm all in. But if it looks like we're a mess, then I'm a tear-it-down guy. 
and this is so fascinating to me, David, because the answer to those questions, and all in meaning I know you think Super Bowl, but all in just meaning get to the playoffs, win a division, and all in tearing it down, the Bucks are at a crossroads right now because they're in the worst division in football. Right. I mean, eight could win it again. Absolutely. I mean, Atlanta's going to have about $100 million, and, you know, hopefully they've got their line figured out. And, I mean, Atlanta could turn around and be decent. Carolina could turn around and be decent. But New Orleans and Tampa are, whew, this could go either way here. New Orleans is still trying to win. They're not willing to accept defeat and, hey, we got we to gotta take our medicine and bottom out. They're not willing to do that yet. And if you're Tampa, I'm just wondering, is this the time to do it? We know the double-edged sword, Mark. You just laid it out. Listen, keep trying to compete because it's the worst division in football. Decent will probably win it. Yeah, but, I mean, are you just basically delaying the inevitable? But could a one-year teardown be what Philly did and go backwards one year to really go forward the next? Right. It's a great comparison, by the way. The Eagles in 17, 18, and 19 made the playoffs all three years, won the Super Bowl the first of those three years, what have the Bucks just done in 2021 and 22? Made the playoffs all three years, won the Super Bowl the first of those three years. Eagles went 4-11-1 in 2020. And look at where they've been the last two years. Now, can Jason Light be Howie Roseman? <laughs> good luck. <laughs> Howie's had a pretty good two years. Unprecedented. I mean, nearly every move he made worked and worked well. That's tough to do in the general manager's seat. But it is a division that could be there again in two years. Yes, Atlanta's going to get better. Yes, Carolina's going to get better. We don't know what New Orleans is going to do. But to be on top in two years doesn't seem like it's that far of a stretch. And to go back to that comparison, who did the Eagles end up turning to at quarterback? Their second-round pick. Who could the Bucs turn to for their quarterback? Kyle Trask, a second-round pick. You're listening to Miller and Moulton, exclusively on the Florida Sports Network. 22 minutes before the hour. Miller and Moulton, the Florida Sports Network, floridasportsnetwork.com. Ian Cummings, one hour from now, from profootballnetwork.com. Pro Football Network, place to turn for extensive pre-draft coverage. We'll talk to Ian about how certain position groups are shaping up. Never too early for that. One hour from now, Ron Syrak in our 8 o'clock hour. Tiger teeing it up today. We'll talk a little golf. Right now it is time for the starting five. Oh, he hit the button and everything, and it didn't fire. He was ready. He was on it. Something didn't happen. Cole's filling in today. It's his first time ever. We're going to cut him some slack. The starting five. The starting five. 
I wasn't going to try to do Vicky's voice. No. Well, I don't blame you. Uh, Daytona, the front row is set. Alex Bowman wins his third pole at Daytona. Teammate Kyle Larson fills out the outside of row one. This just in, Mark. You're not going to believe it. Hendrick Motorsports is fast at Daytona. I know. Shocking, right? Had like no success with Jeff Gordon and Jimmy Johnson over the years. I mean, man. (laughs) Speaking of Jimmy Johnson, after a two-year hiatus, he's back. He's going to be driving number 84. Did he get it? He was 48 all those years. Now he's 84. Uh, He and uh, Travis Pastrana. About the only thing he hadn't done in motorsports was running the Daytona 500. So um, he took the third car from Michael Jordan's team and uh, got it in the race. They earned two of the four open spots in the field. Twin 150s are tonight. That all have the order of rows, you know, two through 20, and also determine the final two cars in Daytona. College hoops last night, Mark, number one goes down. Although not unexpected, they were a three-and-a-half-point underdog on the road. Number one, Alabama losing at number 10, Tennessee, 68-59. They trailed pretty much throughout. You know, Northwestern tried really hard to blow a 19-point halftime lead. I mean, like, really hard. But they held off Indiana. And wait for it. Northwestern is all alone in second place in the Big Ten in men's basketball. Northwestern has made one NCAA tournament in their history. One. This is why I have been knocking the Big Ten in its mediocrity for months on this show. Good for Northwestern. It's great. They shouldn't be the second best program in the Big Ten in anything other than academics, and that means they had a bad year. 64-62, 64-62, nearly blowing a 19-point halftime lead at home to Indiana. But they have now beaten Purdue and Indiana back-to-back at home. We mentioned the last great home field ice court advantage left in sports is very much college basketball. Another good one in the Big East. Two ranked teams, Marquette and Xavier. Shaka Smarts. Marquette team at home, edging Xavier 69-68. They're really young, Mark. They're good, but they're really young. I'll be curious what kind of a seed that they get. They could easily be a three or a four seed that in the bright lights of the big moment gets upset and they're not ready. And they're also, you know, Shaka when he's not expected to do anything with a team. They win one game. They could win three or four. They're good. Uh, Good news for the Gators, who are very much on the bubble. They're on the wrong side of it, but they're in play still for the tournament, which is shocking. It shows how mediocre at best the bubble is this year. Uh, Gators whooped up on Ole Miss by 15. The problem is Colin Castleton broke his hand. He's their best player. I don't know how they make the tournament from here. Stetson rallied to beat FGCU by three. Florida State, Mark, shot 45% from beyond the arc and lost at Clemson by 40. <laughs> That's hard to do. Been a rough year for the Knowles. 
boy, has it ever. And a really nice win for South Florida last night. Went on the road. I mean, Tulsa's not that good, but still. Went on the road by 27? 96-69, good for the Bulls. Speaking of the Bulls, their women's team went to Orlando, whooped up on UCF by 29. NBA, Heat's final game before the All-Star break. And Mikhail Bridges scored 45 for Brooklyn. See, Mikhail was kind of buried in Phoenix. You know, they had Booker and Paul and Ayton, and he was coming off the bench. And when he was starting, he was their fourth option on offense. But people forget when he filled in for Devin Booker, you know, as Felipe would say, he was buckets. Well, he had 45 last night for Brooklyn. They beat the Heat 116-105. Mark, right now, the Heat are in the play-in. They've fallen a half a game behind the Knicks to seventh in the East. That's because the Knicks went to Atlanta. They don't want to see the All-Star break. They've made a couple moves. They're on fire. They beat the Hawks by 21 in Atlanta, 122-101, and the Hawks have owned the Knicks for much of the last three years. Uh, Cleveland was talking a big game, Mark, going into their matchup in Philly because they were on the heels of the Sixers. And they're thinking, we can challenge the big three in the East. We're ready. Boston, Milwaukee, and Philadelphia. Now, Philly said, not so fast, my friend. Jumped out to a pretty sizable lead, held off the Cavs late, 118-112. We'll say this, and beat after the game said, I'm not healthy. Now, he played, you know, and he's been playing. But Embiid was asked, you know, all-star game, what have you, and he's like, well, I don't know, because I'm not healthy. Needless to say, they they got to get him healthy. Uh, Boston, second of back-to-backs, but they beat Detroit by 18. Uh, no Kyrie for Dallas. You know, Luke and Kyrie have only played twice together. They've had five games since the trade, and they've only played together twice. Denver beat Dallas by nine. Lakers got LeBron back and got a much-needed win by 18 over New Orleans. We have no idea if we're going to see Zion the rest of the regular season, by the way. I wouldn't bet on it. Talk about another guy who can't stay healthy. And they gave him a max deal. And he's played one season, really. One. Uh, NHL, sometimes you run into a hot goalie. Colin Ingram with 47 saves for Arizona. Posted the shutout. Stopped two or three shots in the shootout. Beat Tampa one nothing. Yeah, that's his first ever shutout in the National Hockey League. 47 saves against the Lightning. Rangers stay hot. They beat Vancouver 6-4. Bread with another couple goals. Toronto over Chicago 5-2. Edmonton 5, or excuse me, Detroit 5-4 over Edmonton in a shootout. Mark, your wings are still relevant they're hanging around uh, it's time for them to really tank this and and do what they can to get in the lottery and and hopefully land uh the you know they've they've had well, the opportunities to win the lottery and not done it maybe they can get lucky this year well how about i mean what are they within like five points of the playoffs how about you actually make a deal and go for it no just curious but the same with you know buffalo who beat anaheim 7-3 the sabers have been bad for 10 years the wings have been bad for five years now I mean, at what point do you say, you know, we're actually going to try to acquire somebody and sneak into the playoffs? Just curious, throwing that out there. Colorado beat Minnesota 3-2. Uh, Jags wide receiver Calvin Ridley. Remember they acquired him midseason last year and um, gave up a couple of mid-round picks. 
but he can't play because he's been suspended because of gambling. Well, he applied for reinstatement yesterday. So we'll see if he gets reinstated. He should. Uh, Tampa Bay Bucks hired Seattle quarterback coach Dave Canales to be their offensive coordinator. He got credit for uh, Geno Smith's play last year. So we'll see what he can do with whoever the quarterback's going to be in Tampa. Whether it be a young Kyle Trask, whether it be an old Blaine Gabbert, whether it be somebody else. The Bears officially yesterday purchased Arlington Park, 326 acres for just under $200 million. But then they said, now this does not say that we're moving from Soldier Field. Really? Really? <laughs> so you're just making a real estate investment, are you? You know, the franchise that throws money around like manhole covers historically. $200 million for some land. That doesn't say we're moving there. You know, we're just, you know, it was too good of a real estate deal to pass up. That's funny. Nobody else was interested in it. Okay. All right. Curious if Bears fans think if, uh, you know, leaving Soldier Field. I mean, kind of historic, you know. They'll be just angry saying. until they get a Super Bowl. Oh, that is true. I mean, if they're moving, they're talking about, you know, retractable roof and all sorts of shops and everything around it and Final Fours and Super Bowls and bada-bing, bada-boom. Chiefs had their parade yesterday. Patrick Mahomes, with the trophy in one hand and a beer in the other, said, we ain't done yet. And then Travis Kelsey continued his, nobody even picked up picked us to win the AFC West. Man, what? magazine was he reading honestly he's got one article from someone that has vegas winning the division or i, I mean i mean did he listen to miller and molten and heard me pick the chargers to win the division i mean honestly yes he did david every single it. radio show in the country he has him on a loop golly somebody sent it to him man lighten up dude i will say if you're into the kelsey's of a podcast they did their podcast uh, two days ago. It's pretty remarkable. I'm talking about playing in the Super Bowl against each other and the emotions and parents being there and mom on the field and afterwards. It's it's as real as you can get if, if you're into that sort of thing. Uh, hey, you're not going to believe this. Jacob deGrom's already hurt. Apparently, I don't know, tightness in his side. So the Rangers say it's just a couple days <laughs> and Mets fans are going, sure it is. Sure. <laughs> Let us tell you how this is going to work out. <laughs> He's going to pitch three months, but that's okay. That's okay. Unfortunately, it looks like it could be the end for Steven Strasburg. He's had two major surgeries. Remember he was world series MVP three years ago when the Nats won the world series. He's pitched like 20 games since. He's had two major surgeries, and now he's got nerve damage in his throwing arm. And he was trying to rehab a few weeks ago, and it didn't go well, and he's not even at spring training. Uh, and Freddie Montas for the Yankees, who was being counted on to, you know, be a starter. That's all, you know, everyday guy. Yeah, it looks like he's going to miss the year. 
So that deadline deal didn't work for uh, Cashman. Yeah, they're hoping maybe he could be back at the end of the year, and that's the yeah, yeah, that's the chance. Right. Yeah, and uh, Major League Baseball though, Rob Manford, he said a lot of interesting things yesterday. I mean, if you get a chance, take a look at his answer when asked about the San Diego Padres and their spending. You would think that a commissioner of a sport would be thrilled that a smaller market team has acquired all this talent and is investing so much in the franchise in a city in which they don't have any other teams and has taken over the town. And instead, Manfred was like, well, you know, better better watch it when the bill comes due. <laughs> what commissioner says that? Unbelievable. Uh, but he did say yesterday that Major League Baseball has a plan already. As soon as Diamond Sports Group files for bankruptcy, that they've got a plan in place and they're ready to go. 19 regional cable sports networks are in danger of going belly up. 14 Major League Baseball teams have their games, including the Marlins and the Rays, on said regional networks. And Manfred has basically said, we're ready to take it over. Okay. And there was an estimate, Mark, last week that it's a billion dollars in revenue that'll be lost. And that, in theory, if Major League Baseball were to cover the costs for a year before they could, like, reorganize, they'd have to dip into their coffers for serious tunes. I mean, what do you do if you're Major League Baseball? Do you do you cut the checks to the Rays and Marlins? Or do you just say, mm, sorry? Yeah, I, I would think you have to cut the checks to them. I would think you have to try to make this work because it's the lifeblood of these teams. I understand, but if you're the Yankees and the Mets and the Red Sox and who don't have regional cable channels that are going bankrupt, do you go, I ain't stroking them a check? Tough. It's business. They going to stroke me a check when my guys go under? I, this will be very interesting. See how much power Manford's got, how much the sport wants to help itself out. And that was the starting five. Miller and Moulton. Thanks for being with us. Ian Cummings talking football next hour on the Florida Sports Network.